live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And just like that, here we go, kicking off this Friday. On another week of Raiders football, preparing for another week of Raiders football. This Sunday, early kickoff, 10 a.m., Raider Nation Radio 920 is where you can hear the game. And we're here today to prepare you for the Week 8 action. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern right here in Henderson. Come on by. We're going to be here for, well, multiple hours. It's Friday. It's Friday night. If you're at the job, feel free to leave the job. You don't need to be there. It's Friday. Like I said, it's Nevada Day. It's funny. I, uh, I'm, I'm getting used to uh, my, my new climate, my new surroundings, and realizing that everyone takes Nevada Day off, which is kind of cool. At the, at the radio station, DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He said it's a ghost town at the radio station right now. Uh, everyone took the day off, and some folks are working from home, and that's cool. But pretty cool, man. A lot of folks are out. So if you're out right now, you're out and about, you're running around, you're sure, I'm sure you're feeling a little hungry, come on by. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings again on Eastern here in Henderson. You can't miss us. Got a big old display. Got my man. What's your name, boss? Cooper. Got my man Cooper, who I talk about this Raider onesie every week, right? Every single week, one of the prizes that we give out here. I talk about it. And the minute I walk in, DeMond, what do I see is somebody running around with the onesie on. I was like, oh, wow, someone got a prize already and is running around with a onesie on. Cooper's actually working, and he's hustling, and he's doing a heck of a job, and he's doing a lot of good stuff for Boys and Girls Club and doing some raffles and selling some raffle tickets. But he is, no doubt about it, full-fledged in a, ra in a Raiders onesie supplied by uh, Coors Light. So... If you ever wanted to know what this onesie looks like that I talk about every single week, well, you need to come on by because Cooper's got it on. So uh, shout out to you. How long you been working, man? I mean, uh, since the end of June, about, I, think I mean today, brother. Not today. <laughs> he said since the late of June. <laughs> That's a long day. <laughs> okay, all right. He's 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 uh he's about an hour in, so you got to come on by. Make sure you see Cooper and say what's up to him. You got seven hours left to go. I'm with you. There he goes. Cooper's got at least seven more in him. So uh, come on by and hang out with us. Like I say, we're going to have a really good time as we talk a lot of Raider football, as we prepare you for the weekend and everything going on in and around the Las Vegas area. So we definitely appreciate it. Harry, thank you. Harry Ruiz just wrapped up, so uh, he's on his way out of here. But we are here, and we are locked and loaded with a ton of prizes. My man Danny, I was able to pull him out of the studio. He's side-by-side uh, -side with me out here. He's a guy who don't like to come out. He's like a bat, man. He don't like to come out of the uh, out of the cave too often. But he came out of the cave. He's out here hanging out. So I guess he heard your boy Q's in town. Let me come on out and do what I do. So uh, Danny's here with me holding it down. So uh, this is the spot to be. Again, Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern right here in Henderson. And uh, we got a lot to get to, Damon, on today's show. Uh, love finishing off the week really strong. That's what we're going to do. Some really good guests to get to on today's show, including coming up at 2.30. Taryn Walk, Saints beat writer for uh, Nolia.com. She does a heck of a job covering the Saints, and uh, there's already some guys that have been ruled out by head coach Dennis Allen, including uh, guys that we expected, right? Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Those cats have been ruled out by Dennis Allen already. Those are guys that we kind of all expected were going to be out, but we'll get the latest and the greatest, all things Saints, when it comes to uh, uh, from the Nolia.com point of view with Taryn Walk coming up at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, our normal Friday guest, Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com. Uh, she'll give us an update on everything silver and black. We were out at the Raiders uh, practice facility earlier today talking to head coach Josh McDaniels. Saw Devontae Adams did come back to practice, and that's a good thing. He had been out the last couple days dealing with, uh, dealing with the illness. A little bit of an illness had broke out throughout the Raiders locker room, and uh, four or five guys had been uh, 
affected by it, but uh, Devontae Adams back, so that's a good sign. Uh, makes me feel really good about him going out there to, uh, to New Orleans and uh, participating on Sunday. Again, early kickoff, 10 a.m. kickoff uh, here on the West Coast. But uh, Cassie will join us to tell us all things Raiders, give us her thoughts on how this team has back-to-back wins. They haven't done that yet this season, right? They, uh, they, they won on Sunday, and now they have an opportunity to win back-to-back wins. And a lot of folks keep asking me, Q, do you think this team is a playoff team? I've done so many radio shows. I don't know, Damon, about you, but I've been hit up, and I've done at least three radio interviews in the, in the past couple days in New Orleans about the Raiders-Saints game. This is a hot game uh, from a lot of different points of views, and I've been hit up by so many different people. I've done a lot of interviews. You know I love doing them. I never turn them down as long as I can squeeze them into the time schedule. And one of the big questions that they always ask is, Q, what do you think about the Raiders' chances to make the playoffs? And I said, look, no disrespect to the question, but until they win back-to-back games or go on a little bit of a streak, I'm not talking about the playoffs. It's not, it's, it's, they haven't earned that right for me to talk about the playoffs at the end of October. Now, if they were, you know, 5-2, and two, or, or, well, they wouldn't be 5-2, and 4-2 and two right now instead of 2-4, and four, then sure, talk about it. But they didn't earn that. So I'm not talking about the playoffs. I want to see them win back-to-back games. And then I want to see them do it again. And then maybe do it again, right? I mean, this is the part of the schedule where everyone talked about. They can get back into the mix. And they can. The one thing I say about the NFL in general, not just about the AFC West, not just about the Raiders, in general, there is no teams that I can look at and be like, okay, they are the best of the best. I can look at the Chiefs and the Bills and say they're really good, and that's really it. And the Eagles are 6-0, and and I'm not even putting them in that conversation, right? I mean, they're even flawed. There's no teams that are separating themselves in the NFL, and sure no teams separating themselves in the AFC West outside the Chiefs, but we already kind of expected that, right? So, you know what I mean? So it's not – I mean, nobody is out of the mix at all, but at the same time, until you start winning games and put, the back, get the, put together back-to-back victories, you, you haven't earned the right to talk about – the playoffs. So Cassie Soto will join us coming up at 3 o'clock talking all things silver and black. At 3.30, our good friend Tyler Dragon from USA Today, he's going to join the show uh, to talk about the trade deadline. It's coming up on Tuesday. It's November 1st. And, uh, you know, he's talking about players around the league that he could be hearing could be on the move. And I'm not even necessarily talking about just for the Raiders. I'm just talking in general. Want to know about the Deron Payne. What's the chances that Deron Payne is on the way on the way out? What's the chances that a Roquan Smith could be traded? What's the, what's the chances a guy like uh, Sidney Jones could be traded? Or, or, or other guys, right? I mean, there's, there's plenty of guys to, to look at. Brian Burns there in Carolina. You know, the funny thing about Carolina, the funny thing about this Saints game, and we talked about it yesterday, Damon, in pretty good detail, but after the results last night, depending on how it shakes out this week, weekend, there could literally be a four-way tie for first place in the, in the NFC South come Monday. Think about that. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible division. I mean, terrible. Got to say it. Got to call it what it terrible. is. Terrible. Yeah, call a spade a spade. It's terrible. <laughs> but like I said last night, the Falcons they can go to sleep at least at least going into Sunday with hey guys, if we win against the Panthers, we're in first place. I mean, you're right. You and, know, and it's so funny the way that it could shake out if the Saints were to beat the Raiders and what I think Atlanta has to lose to Carolina. They, it could be a it could be a four way tie for first in that division, and they're all under five hundred. There, but you know what? Who do you if, they, if if that were to happen? I mean, obviously the Raiders have to lose. Nobody wants to see that. But if that were to happen, who would you pick? If someone said, "Q, I'm giving you a three hundred dollars. Go bet on the winner of the NFC South." Who you putting it on? I'd probably put it on the Saints. Huh? I probably I probably would, just because they have the most firepower. Tampa Bay looks discombobulated to say the least. They look out of there, right? You know, and I'm not even talking about Tom Brady and his personal life. I'm not going to do that. That's not my lane. But they just look like a big mess. 
You know, I mentioned the other day about looking lost like a ball in high, or, yeah, ball in high weeds. That's how they look, man. They look like a, a ball in high weeds, just completely lost. Once it goes in there, you know it ain't coming back. It's just chalk that up. You better go get you a new one. Um, the Panthers, you know, you already know what they are, right? I mean, they fire their head coach. They're not going to win the division. They might have won a game after that. A lot of times that happens. They're not going to go on a run and, and, and uh, you know, win that division. And the Falcons, I don't believe in them either. So as funny as it sounds, as, you know, people are talking about look at the Saints. Maybe there's a guy or two on that team that could be traded away. I don't think so. You know, especially if they win on Sunday, man, they, they'll be in a position where, hell, they might go and just win that whole damn division. I mean, they got the most firepower all, out, of all the play, out of all the teams out there. So that you never know. They could. It's going to be interesting. And speaking really? of the counterpart for the AFC version of the AFC South, the Titans started 0-2, and people were like, hey, man, could, J- yeah. could this be Jacksonville's year to win the division? Trevor right. Lawrence is looking good, and then, hey. Yeah, that fell apart pretty quickly, right? <laughs> that didn't last too long. Uh, Tennessee is looking like they're getting their groove back as well, so I uh, think that they're in a really good position. So Tyler Dragon from USA Today will join us at 3.30 to talk all things uh, potential NFL trades that could be coming up before the trade deadline on Tuesday, November 1st. And then closing out our guest lineup at 4.30, we'll have Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports as we do each and every Friday, giving us the lines. We'll talk a couple college games. I'm really interested in, though, that, uh, that TCU-West Virginia game. Man, TCU, the Horn Frogs, shout-out to Paloma. They're rolling right now, man. They're 7-0. and My man Steven Simcox, uh, he's in Central Texas. He does a fantastic job on the Locked On Horn Frog show. So he's a TCU alum, our guy in the building. And Brian, he's a, a TCU alum. So there's a lot of TCU fa- uh, folks that we know, Damon, that are very interested in this game, want to see if the Horn Frogs can keep it going. So one of the games that I guarantee we talked to Lee about is uh, TCU and West Virginia, little Big 12 action. Um, let's see. We'll probably talk. I don't know. We'll talk another college game or two, and then we'll definitely dip into the NFL. And, of course, we'll have to close out with the Raiders and the Saints, see what he thinks about it. But that will come up at 430. So I'm excited about that. Any college game that you're, uh, you're, you're riding high you, uh, with uh, UNLV not playing this weekend? No. I, to be honest, I haven't even been thinking about college football on Saturday because I'm so busy on Saturday that I'm kind of just like, I don't, I'm not going to have time to so watch So you're telling football. me. Hold up, man. Hold up, dog. Yeah. Hold up, man. I'm going to take the week off. Hold up, man. No, okay, this week I understand because they don't, have, they don't have a game. But you're telling me that you haven't been paying attention to college football and UNLV the last few weeks because you've been busy? No, I'm just saying that I, I haven't been paying attention to anything going on this week because okay. this okay. Saturday I'm just okay. like, yeah, UNLV's not playing. Okay, I'll give you a pass on that. That's okay. I thought you were about to try to tell no, me No, no, no. I was about to say, man, you're way too invested in UNLV to tell me you ain't paying attention. No, I'm just I'm saying this Saturday, uh, you know, got a couple things going on, so it's just – <laughs> he said, I got a couple things going on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it, man. You can come by and see me at Centennial. Keep it low key. Hey, well, yeah, tell everybody. Tell everybody. You, you do. You're, you're, you got some uh, – you you're, man, you're actually – you're hanging out with Riley Smith, aren't you? Yeah, going to be Riley Smith up, up, up over at um, Toyota, the Toyota dealership, and Centennial and Ann. And you can – that's right off the 95. And you can come over and from 230 to 430. Hang out with me and mainly get the uh, autograph and picture with Riley Smith. <laughs> but I mean, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, if you if you're like, man, this line's too long. You know, I don't think we're gonna get a picture with Riley Smith. I guess we can settle for Demond. There you, hey, look, man, it's it's okay to be second best, right? You know, hey, se- second best is the first loser, but it's okay, man. It's all right. You're still you're still placing, right? You're still getting the medal. 
There's only two of you, but you're still getting a medal. So we're, we'll take that. So, yeah, make sure you check out DeMond if you're out in and around town and uh, you're looking for something to do tomorrow afternoon. DeMond's got the hookup. He'll be hanging out with Riley Smith. You can go by and get a picture and an autograph and, uh, you know, back up the v VGK Golden Knights. I think that that's awesome. So there you go. Or the Vegas Golden Knights. I just said the same thing twice. I said the VGK Golden Knights. Same thing. But it's all good. You know what I mean. <laughs> so. There you go. So that's our guest lineup that we have for the show today. Already starting off on a on a fun note. Taryn Watt coming up at 2.30. Cassie Soto at 3. Tyler Dragon at 3.30. Lee Sterling closes things out at 4.30. And throughout the course of the show, we'll hear from you at 702-365-9200. And our text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Plus, head coach Josh McDaniels, we got a chance to talk to him earlier today. You'll hear a few sound bites from him as well. That's all coming up on today's show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. All right, so here we go. On Fridays, you know how we do when it's a game week. We talk about keys to victory. What is it going to take for the silver and black to come away with a victory? So, of course, that's going to be one of the questions that I ask. But the other question that I ask is one that we've had before on a, on a Friday, on a, you know, pre preparing for a game a game weekend, and that is who will we be talking about on Monday, good or bad? Like who will we be giving props to because they ended up coming up with a big play, or who will we be talking about on Monday because they had a bad game, or maybe they, you know, just, I don't know, something, something bad would happen. It, it, they'll just be someone that we'll be talking about. Like I said, it doesn't always have to be good. It doesn't always have to be positive. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes we're talking about someone because, you know, they had a terrible holding penalty or they, you know, fumbled the ball or whatever the case may be. So uh, that's what I want to – that's the other subject that I want to get into. Who will we be talking about on Monday, good or bad? And I'll start with that. And the reason I'm going to start with that is because we've talked all week long about the offense is playing really well, but the defense – needs to make more plays. The defense can't just show up in the fourth quarter, make a couple timely stops, or come up with a big pick six like Jerron Harmon had and call it a day and think you're going to get a victory. So I want to talk about the defense, and I've been thinking all day, who is the person that I think could stand up or step up and make some big plays for the Raiders to help them ensure that victory? And I'll tell you, we mentioned it and touched on it yesterday on the show, and I mentioned that the one person on the Saints that I'm really concerned about just because I don't know how they're going to use him and no one knows how they're going to use him until he's actually on the field, is Taysom Hill. And I really believe that the key matchup is going to be John Abram and, Jason, and Taysom Hill. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say on Monday we're talking a lot about Jonathan Abram and the good game he had. I think that that's, I mean, that's something that I don't think a lot of people would have picked, but I do think that he's going to be a key cog in this uh, Raiders defense because, you know, I don't want to act like Taysom Hill is Tyreek Hill or, you know, whatever, but... He's just a really good weapon, and they, they lean on him so much, and they have a three-headed monster between Kamara, him, and also uh, uh, Ingram, uh, Mark Ingram. So I just think that Jonathan Abrams is going to have to come up and make a big play. Maybe he'll pop Taysom Hill and he fumbles. You know, I mean, it, I'm not saying he's going to have a game, like a lights-out game where he's just he's the dude. He's flying all around the field and making hit after hit after hit. But maybe he's going to come up with that big key play. That's really what I'm banking on. The Raiders need to come up in this game with a turnover or two. I really believe this is going to be a really close game. I do. I know a lot of people think it's going to be, I don't want to say a blowout, but I think that a lot of folks believe that the Raiders are going to go in there and just kind of roll over them. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be a you know, four or five-point game, maybe even little as a three-point game. You know, It could be a 34-31. It could be a 30-27. 
27-24. Something, something around that range, right? Uh, it's not going to be one of those where, at, like last week against Houston, where at the end of the game everyone was chill, relaxed, because they had an 18-point lead, and you knew, well, there's no coming back from that. That's a wrap. It's not going to be like that, in my opinion. I think that it's going to go down to the wire. I do think the Raiders are going to win, but I do think it's going to go down to the wire. So uh, I'm going to roll with Jonathan Abram is going to be the guy that we're going to be talking about on Monday, and we're going to be talking about it, talking about him in a very positive way. And my keys to the game, what I think that they have to do, and I'll just drop one key because I think we all are going to say they have to continue to run the ball, but I think they have to get off to a hot start. I really do. I don't think that they can come out of the gate slow like they did against Houston. I think that New Orleans is a much better team than that. And if you get off to a slow start, you might find yourself behind and in a bad position, which does not allow you to execute your offense. What we've seen from the Raiders when they can't execute their offense, like the first couple weeks of the season, they weren't even able to feed Josh Jacobs if they wanted to because they were already behind and they had to just drop back, drop back, drop back. So I think they need to get off to a, a really good start, a positive start both offensively and defensively so they're not in panic mode. And so they're not all of a sudden playing catch-up. So I'll just go ahead with that one key. I'll throw it out there for you, though, 69187, keyword R&R. &R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. That is our Raider Nation listener line. Want to know the keys to victory as far as you're concerned for the Raiders on Sunday and who is the player or players that we're going to be talking about the most come Monday. So uh, I threw mine out there. DeMond, where are you going? Like you said, we all know about the offense, uh, the, about the offensive game. Get Josh Jacobs the ball. You know, keep feeding him the rock. But I'm going to go on the defensive side, and a player that I want to be looking about, or looking at, and say that we talk about on Monday. I'm gonna go Chandler Jones because I do think that the pass rush is going to be something that I think the Raiders are going to be able to get to Andy Dalton this game. Now, okay, let's not let's throw out a number out there. I'm gonna say three sacks, and Chandler Jones gets one of them. But that Ooh, pressure. Really? really? So we're going to be talking about Chandler Jones then? Yeah, well, at least getting one sack because okay. I do think that it'll be an overall collective effort. We know Max Crosby, the superstar on that defensive line. But I yeah. do think that this Raiders team is, on Sunday against the Saints are going to be able to get after the quarterback and have constant pressure on Andy Dalton. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I like it. I like it. There you go. It's a way to go out there on a limb. Well, let's go out to the uh, let's go out to the phone lines at whenever you want to call 702-365-9200. and of course the text line as well six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Got some good text already. Uh, off top, we got one from the nine one six. Why are we talking about the Raiders losing right now? Can we talk about how they go in in there and win? Well, I just said I think that they're going to win. I said I mentioned the Raiders losing and their record at two and four because I was breaking down what my day has been like and the interviews that I've done. And the conversation, just taking you behind the scenes. That's the, that's the only reason. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that. Uh, we started the show off with, hey, man, when did oh, the, all, the, all the teams in the NFC South are bad. Ain't nobody right. trying to hear that, Q. All right. Well, I'm just saying. Just I was, I was putting it in perspective. So there you go. Got a text from my guy, Vegas Pete. Uh, he said, is this DeMond and you? What did he do? He sent a. He sent a. Uh, he sent the link, you know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not clicking on That's that. That's not how the text line works. <laughs> right, right, right. Happy Nevada Day, Arizona back to south, so they moved the border and placed Lake Mead in Nevada. All right, there you go. Uh, that's a little education for you, Demond. Uh, <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray, let's let's try this text out. See if this one goes a little bit better. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Happy Friday, and it's happy hour somewhere, gentlemen. Come Monday morning, Raider Nation, 9.20 a.m., Radio Airways. We'll be praying Derek Carr's 340-yard performance and three touchdown passes, one to Waller and two to Devontae. Josh Jacobs will go for 118, but D.C. will have his best game of the year after Sunday's victory. Our defense will come up with three turnovers. Lock it in, gentlemen. This game is going over the total. Sir Whiskey Ray. And Danny, what's the total? I know you know. You got the total. He's going to find it. Danny is a degenerate. But in the, in the, in the best, nicest way. <laughs> 
he's my guy. He's uh he he's he's the guy who's on it. He's got every prop bet. He's got every kind of bet he could possibly come up with. He's got that covered. So, uh, Danny, go ahead. You got a you got a mic. Don't you turn your thing on, man. Danny trying to show me, man. You got a microphone. What is it, man? You All can... right. So uh, right now, currently, the over-under for William Hill is set at 49 and a half points. Okay. 49 and a half. So Sir Whiskey Ray said it's going to go over. What did I say? I said about 30, 20. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate that. Danny with the, uh, you know, he's, he's the man with the lines, man. We got Lee Sterling coming up at 430, but uh, Danny's the guy that's, uh, he's on it at all times. So we appreciate that. Zeke at Bakersfield said, Q. Keys to the game. Josh Jacobs needs to bring out his inner Keyshawn Johnson and say, give me the damn ball. And they cannot, and I repeat, cannot let Andy Dalton look like an all-pro quarterback. And off topic, D said he had a busy Saturday. This means he didn't have to use that three-way calling trick laughing my ass off. That's Zeke in Bakersfield. That's funny. That is hilarious. Damon's got some work duties on Saturday, but do you got some uh, extracurricular activities as well? No, because after the meet and greet, I'm coming back to run the boards for the Henderson Silver Knights. Oh, there you go. And hey, I'll be they, here until about 11 o'clock. There you go. Well, that's good, man. That's what we do. We put you, we put you to work, keep you out of trouble, man. We keep you from yourself. We do appreciate you. Uh, 408, we got a text from Fabian. It says, Q and DeMond, let's see, one touchdown a quarter, 31-plus points for the game, 100-plus yards rushing, one sack a quarter, three defensive stops, plus a turnover, and a defensive score and tackling. That's from Fabian. That's a lot right there, brother. Look, Danny's looking at me. Danny's like, wait, hold on. What did he say? One touchdown a quarter, so that's four touchdowns, 31 points for the game. So four touchdowns and a field goal. There you go. That's not that's not undoable. Hundred plus yards rushing. That's very doable. One sack a quarter. So that'd be four four sacks right there. Three defensive stops and a turnover, and one defensive score and tackling. So that's a lot of points right there. Danny, Danny's trying to calculate that. Well, I'm just trying to figure out by defensive stop. Does he just mean they're going to force the Saints to punt the ball three times? Uh, yes, apparently. Okay. You want a couple more than that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're scoring as much as he has and gets a defensive score too, I think you're just you're just about your best defense in that case is your is is a great offense. So he's figuring 38 points for sounds for like the Raiders. It. Sounds like it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not. It's not. You're the guy who had the prop bet on what a team scoring seven touchdowns in a game. Seven touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Has anyone done that yet? No. Two teams have gotten six. So and. I bet it on an offense that can't score more than 17 points. Oh, wow. So I'm a little worried. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> Looks like you're going to lose that bet, brother, but uh, there's there's that. One more quick text. I think Hunter Renfro will have his first breakout game of the season with about 90 yards and a touchdown and a few key third-down receptions. So there you go. That will be the player that we're talking about come come Monday is Hunter Renfro, and that would be nice to see Hunter Renfro get back into the conversation that we're talking about him quite a bit so i'm good with that so keep those texts coming again 69187 keyword r&r uh, of course we have a guest coming up in a matter of minutes so uh, you don't have to hit the phone lines right now but when you do you can hit us up at 702-365-9200 taryn walk saints beat writer for nolia.com she'll join us coming up at 2:30. i did real quick want to go over the raiders injury report for sunday it is it is out it's in our email right now there's a lot of questions for sunday a lot of questions the guy that i picked to to have an impact game, and we're talking about it on Sunday, Jonathan Abram, he's questionable. He had an illness on the, on Wednesday, didn't participate. He participated in limited fashion Thursday and today, so he's questionable. Devontae Adams, limited today, questionable. Tayshawn Bauer, limited today, questionable. Devon Diablo, back in an ankle injury, limited today, questionable. Mac Hollins, heel, limited today, yesterday, and Wednesday, questionable. Uh, let's see, who else is questionable? DJ Turner, hamstring injury, limited Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, questionable. 
Tight end Darren Waller, hamstring injury. Limited, 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 questionable. There's a lot of questionables on the Raiders on their uh, injury report for Friday. So I'm assuming that the, the illness guys, Abram, Adams, Bauer, and Clee. Oh, Clee was a full participant, so he's good to go. I'm assuming, and it's a bad assumption, but I'm assuming the guys that were ill are going to be able to play. But Divine Diablo with the back and the ankle, questionable. That's a big deal. Mac Hollins with the heel injury, questionable. That's a big deal. DJ Turner, he's starting to go back into that, that uh, punt return, kick return role, questionable. And, of course, Darren Waller with the hamstring, that is, uh, that is questionable as well. As far as guys that are out for the Saints, I mentioned them earlier, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lanimer, all out for, uh, for Sunday. Uh, tight end Adam Trotman, he has an ankle injury. He's questionable. Uh, Andrews Pete, the guard, chest injury, questionable. Also, Paulson Adebo, the cornerback, that's actually supposed to be their number two quarterback behind Marshawn Lattimore, he's questionable. Tight end Jawan Johnson, hamstring injury, questionable. Defensive tackle uh, David Onyemata, illness, questionable. That's uh, that's a lot of questionables for them as well. So there's a sounds like a mash unit going into uh, going into this game on Sunday, Demond. Early early in the morning on Sunday, it looks like a big time mash unit for both teams. Hey, let me add Mac Hollins to the player we may be talking about on Monday because might, they might not be having any. You know, they might be down to the third or fourth string cornerback. Man, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's 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 a good point. So Mac Hollins might be a guy, but he's got to he's got to be out there playing. He's questionable right now with the heel injury. So hate to see that from Mac. He's having a really good season. I know a lot of people are talking about him right now. But uh, for the Raiders, man, that's a lot. And then we'll take a break. Uh, we'll go over it real quick one more time just to look at all the, all the guys on the list, man. I mean, that is a massive amount. All the guys questionable for the Raiders. Abram, Adams, Bauer, Diablo, Hollins, Turner, Waller, all questionable for the silver and black. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll be here until at least 5 o'clock. We encourage you to come on by. We have T-shirts. We have hats. We have koozies. We have cups. We have all kinds of stuff here, jerseys, uh, coolers. Coors Light has supplied us with all kinds. Onesies. If you want to be just like Cooper and run around with a onesie on, you can. We've got you covered. So come on by, hang out with us, get hooked up. All you got to do is come on by and say hi. You don't have to do anything else but just say hello. If you want to stick around and have some uh, great food that they have here, perfect. You want to have someone take advantage of some of the drink specials, perfect. Just come on by and say what's up. 2.26 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And just understanding the concept of what we're doing more. You know, at first it's, it's, it was a new offense. You know, we weren't we understood, you know, some of the combination blocks, but a lot of it is understanding where the ball wants to go. So, I mean, that's that has been a big aspect of why I think it's helped out the run game, uh, understanding where Josh wants to hit it and how we can leverage our blocks, you know, to, to help that. It's to Jacobs racing left, breaks a tackle, leads the ball forward. Touchdown, Raiders! Josh Jacobs wouldn't beat a night again! Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And we're at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson, Getting you ready for, well, the World Series gets back underway, or it gets underway tonight. I'm excited about that. First pitch is at 5.05. You can check it out right here at Buffalo Wild Wings on many of these great TVs. Of course, drink specials and food specials are going on. So uh, make sure you come on by, say hello. we got a bunch of prizes for you. We're also getting you ready for this game on Sunday. The Raiders and Saints, of course, it kicks off at 10 a.m. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to give us a little bit of an update of what's going on with the Saints from the Saints,
is our good friend Taryn Walk from Noya.com. And Taryn, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And how wild is it that even sitting there at two and five, depending on how this weekend goes in the in the uh, NFC South, the the Saints could actually be tied for first place at the end of the weekend. Hi. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. And I cannot stop thinking about how wild it would be if the Falcons lose and the Saints win. Every team in the South will be three and five. Was it like a clean slate? Can we start over? Reset button. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just to me. It's it's just really crazy that that could be the the scenario. But that's that's what we're looking at, depending on how things shake out this weekend. Of course, for that to happen, the Saints would have to beat the Raiders. So let's focus in on the Saints right now. Where are they at? I know that uh, Michael Thomas is out. I know that Landry's out. And I know Lattimore is out. But as far as the rest of the guys that are injured, is there any other key player that you think, even though they might be questionable on the on the injury report, can't go this weekend? I'm curious that Adam Troutman is questionable since he didn't practice both Wednesday and Thursday, but was limited today. So that will be a good gain back. I mean, they have Jawan Johnson at tight end. Taysom Hill, of course, is technically a tight end, but everyone knows he can do a little bit of everything. But that's not like one of the positions that's going to take a hit regardless. Paulson Adebo is questionable. And if they lose him again, the secondary without Lattimore and Adebo, it's going to need some help. But Adebo, we talked to him um, this week, and he said he's feeling good. The reason he missed the last game is because of the quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. He wasn't able to heal a lingering injury. So that was more so that I think he'll be playing. Um, as far as he was concerned, he's feeling good. And let's see, Andy Dalton is QB1, so <laughs> does it matter if Jameis Winston's 100% healthy right now? Uh, right, right. They say he is healthy, but Dalton's gotten an odd. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I wanted to ask you, did you think or did you find that a little surprising that Dennis Allen came out on Wednesday and said that Dalton was going to be the, the starting quarterback? Not because he didn't earn it, but just so the other team has to prepare for both quarterbacks? The fact that it was Wednesday surprised me a bit because it was just a teleconference call. And someone's like, oh, like, how are both of them doing health-wise since they were on the injury report last week? He's like, well, Andy's going to start. And we were all like, what? <laughs> Casual. <laughs> afternoon bomb drop, but I wouldn't say I'm surprised he is starting. Um, I don't know what way the world skews, but I thought putting Dalton in over Winston was the better decision solely because the offense really started clicking under Dalton where they were running the ball well, they were passing the ball well. The issue was all the turnovers. So, like, production-wise, they're one of the top scoring offenses in the country. So, the last all the Saints out, as you mentioned, was that Thursday game against the Cardinals, and Andy Dalton turned the ball over, and that's something that he hadn't been doing, but how, I mean, how has he been able to really grasp the rest of the teammates, and it seems like they're really following his leadership as well. I do think that they support him. It's been interesting to see how, because Jameis Winston was the starter week one and was known to be the starter entering the season, Andy Dalton was the backup. And so players obviously were like, can't wait for Janice Winston to be back for the regular season since he was hurt during training camp and to see what he can do. And then he got hurt, and they're like, well, we hope he gets better, but we're here to support Andy Dalton. So it's kind of like they supported who they needed to. Um, I wouldn't say there was a, at least 
outwardly a preference as to who played, but the numbers speak volumes in that a lot of them have also recognized and admitted that the offense has produced a lot more yardage and productive plays with Dalton. But is that also just the season's carrying it on? Like, are they all as a unit getting better rather than it just being the quarterback as a complete correlation, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think the Thursday game was a fluke. Right. Because Andy Dalton is not that great in prime time alone. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. That's the history will tell you that. But, uh, yeah, he did not have a very good performance the last time out. Again, we're talking all things Saints right now with Taryn Walk from Noia.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. With Jarvis Landry out and Michael Thomas, I know that those are big names for the Saints offense, but how much pressure or maybe it could be good pressure does that put on Chris Olave to be wide receiver number one? I think it's good pressure. He has truly, like, picked up, not the slack because the other guys are injured, but whatever was missing I guess, I don't know what the word would be there um, and he's been targeted most, like more than the other wide receivers regardless since week one he was getting like double digit targets in his first two, three games with Winston and even though Landry and Thomas were out there they're utilizing him and he's showing he can step up to the task um, the interesting thing is he's it's so weird to say WR1, like wide receiver one, but it's interesting to see who they put in as two because that's kind of been a circulating thing. I mean, Rashid Shahid's name has been said more in the past two weeks than probably his entire career publicly. Um, two touches, two touchdowns. I mean, you can't fault that. So it's a hit, but I think they're making it work, and I think that's what's interesting with Dalton as quarterback because – Jameis had Landry and Thomas. Dalton has not had both. And he's still able to put up the passing numbers he has. And when it comes to that backfield, I know that Alvin Kamara is back there. So how important is he to the Saints game plan? And also Mark Ingram, the old veteran, how much has he been utilizing this offense? There's a huge difference from when Alvin Kamara is healthy and when he's not. He has missed. He missed a game this season because of injury, and you could just see the drop-off. But when he has the ball, they're moving it well, and they're passing it well. Like, if they find that balance. Um, and Mark Ingram, he's a veteran. He has such a voice on the team today in practice and every Friday before a Sunday game. He's the one who's starting to chant during stretching and whatnot. Is he as utilized as Kamara? No, but if we're going to go with the one analogy, Kamara is RB1. (laughs) Right. Um, But they both fumbled twice, which was very very concerning at the beginning, but at the same time, it's like it's bound to happen. No one can be flawless for their entire career. It's how they respond, and clearly Kamara has responded and hasn't lost a ball since his last fumble, which... It could happen again. So those have been the fluky things. It's the turnovers that are truly killing this team. Talking right now with Taryn Walk from Noya.com, talking all things Saints as the Raiders prepare to play the Saints on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. kickoff. You can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. One of the guys that I've been talking about quite a bit this week that I think that the Raiders need to key in on is Taysom Hill because, well, he does just about everything. One, is there anything he does that ever surprises you? And two, what kind of role do you think he plays this week? Ooh, role for this week is a tricky one since 
Andy Dalton has already been named the starter. I do think they'll utilize him like they have with Dalton being the starter, where he does some, he takes some snaps, he runs the ball, he's also throwing for it. I don't know, like what else? Is, put him on defense while you're at it. But <laughs> right. um, that's the thing with Taysom. It's just he's done a little bit of everything. He's caught a touchdown pass. He's run for a touchdown. He's thrown a touchdown pass. He's recovered a fumble on special teams. Like, the only thing missing is literally defense. And I was actually the one who asked him after one of the games, like, okay, you ran for the most yards. You ran for more yards than Alvin Kamara. Should you add running back to your list? Like, put it on your resume? <laughs> and he's like, I'm just here doing the job. And I was like, this is my job. And I never thought that was so funny, but I was like, I'm serious. Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a man of many different talents, right? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what he's mastered, but it seems like he's done everything, and he does it at a pretty high level. Again, we're talking with Taron Walk here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty, unnecessary roughness. So, as far as the Saints go, for them to win this game on Sunday, what what do they have to do on their end? They cannot turn the ball over. I gotcha. like the sixteen turnovers are just what's killing them because four of them have turned into touchdowns. So the Saints have 175 points. And I know this isn't simple math like this, but this is how my brain works. Yeah. And then the opponents have 200. Well, they've given up 28 defensive points. Wow. So like, technically, if you took those 28 away, the Saints would have a winning score. Right. But, I mean, I know it's not as simple as that. <laughs> I wish it was. No, but it kind of is, though. Math. Yeah, no, but it kind of is. You're, I mean, if they don't turn the ball over and give up those points, then, I mean, they're, they, they're probably 4 or 5-2 and two instead of 2-5. and five. I think it's that simple. Yeah, and I mean, you can't win the game if you don't have the ball. Right. No, you're, you're right about that. And so, obviously, that's the big Achilles heel. I was about to say, well, what can the Raiders do to exploit them? Well, they got to create those turnovers that, that the Saints have been uh, been given up. So, uh, I did want to ask you one more question. I got this text on our text line. Q, can you ask her if she thinks the Saints will be sellers in terms of trading? Saw a report about the Eagles' interest in Kamara, and I don't think there's anything to do with that that uh, that report. I thought that was a fake one. But do you think that they'll be sellers if they, if they lose this game on Sunday? Oof. I don't know. That would be interesting with Dennis Allen in his first year if he would pull such a big move. Um, but now he's gonna. This text is gonna make me paranoid. If there's gonna be news dropping on Monday, <laughs> Halloween. There you go, Halloween in New Orleans. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> oh, please don't say that. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, I'm saying I'm I, the Raiders and the Saints getting together Halloween weekend. I'm sure it's going to be some shenanigans. But, yeah, I'm interested to see. You know, I, and this is what I say because I've had a couple people ask me that about the Saints and if they'd be sellers. I just feel like with the way that the division is shaped, shaped up, how nobody has separated, that it'd almost be crazy for them to be sellers just because they could be back in it within a game or two. There's just so much talent on this team that hasn't fully come together. Um, I've said it more than once. There's talented players. It's not a talented team. Not yet. And so once they stop shooting themselves in the foot, and I hate using that phrase because they use it on a regular basis, but it's true with the turnovers. Um, it'd be interesting to what they do. There were so many high expectations going into the season. I did not think they'd be 2-5 and five right now. Well, that makes two of us, and I didn't think that they'd be 2-5, and five, and I didn't think the Raiders would be 2-4. and four. I mean, it, it's so funny. Everyone I've talked to about this game always keeps saying, like, the Raiders and the, and the Saints almost, 
almost, you know, like mirror each other because the expectations for both teams were high. They both shot themselves in the foot many times. We've used that, that phrase. I've said that phrase so many times just because that's what the Raiders have done. So that's, that's why this game is really intriguing to me. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. It really is. So uh, do you think that this game has a potential? Because I know the defense is pretty banged up. you think this, this game has a, the potential to be a pretty high-scoring one? Yes, because they all have been somehow, some way. I feel like I sit there. I'm like, I'm ready for it to break 100. <laughs> it's just score after score. No, it's field goal after field goal. That's, oh, well, that's not going to get it done. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's you don't. It takes a minute. But the d- score all of a sudden is like in the mid-40s <laughs> early yeah. on. Wow. There you go. All right, Damon. I, DeMond, I think it'll you be a one? high-scoring game. Okay, there you go. High-scoring game. Go ahead, Damon. Something that I wanted to ask you about that's not football-related, but is your pinned tweet on Twitter, Frankie in the fast lane. I'm a big Malcolm <laughs> in the middle fan. So do you think that Frankie Muniz actually has a shot to make it to NASCAR? I do. Oh, my gosh. That story was so fun to tell because I wasn't a Malcolm in the middle girly, but big um, Agent Cody Banks fan. Also a good movie. So telling that story was really fun. But he has, obviously, the money and NASCAR and racing in general requires a lot of financial support. He has the support, like he can easily get sponsored because of who he is. And talking to him, it sounds like he has like the mentality where he doesn't want to just be given a ride. He wants to earn it. And so he's done late model races. He's done ARCA races, which is like the ladder below NASCAR as a whole. And so I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Nothing has been confirmed and I couldn't get them to confirm it um, to me back I was still with NASCAR, but I wouldn't be surprised if he races in Phoenix in actually two weeks um, championship weekend because he's from Arizona. He's there, so and that was the hope. Otherwise, next season. That would get me to watch. <laughs> of course it would, Demond. Of course it would. <laughs> You, you guys, you I was guys. I'm not prepared for a NASCAR question. I wasn't either. That makes two of us. I wasn't either. So don't, uh, don't worry. <laughs> I, I was not prepared for that at all. But that's what Demond does. He'll, uh, he'll come out of left field with something. But it, it works. It works. So we. Oh, I'm always down to talk it too. There you go. See, there it is. Well, that's good stuff. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for your time. You got anything coming out on Noya.com that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe get a little bit more insight on the Saints. Ooh, I have a story. It's either going to publish online tonight or tomorrow, depending okay. when the trigger is pulled. But it's the five numbers I think detail why the the Saints are two and five. Ooh, okay, all right. That's that's intriguing. We kind of talked about like most of them, but <laughs> right. No, I'm 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 interested. I like that though. I like that. That's good stuff. I'm, it's either going to publish tonight or tomorrow. I'll be on the lookout for that again. Your your work. We can find it on Noya.com. Thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks, you too. All right, there she goes. Taryn Watt giving us everything she got right there. Noya.com and even a little NASCAR because of DeMond. Because DeMond, that's just what you do, right? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Like she said, she's down to talk about it anytime. Just because had, when you leave a previous job, it doesn't mean you forget about it. Yeah, you're right. I didn't know that you had a, a rooting interest in NASCAR. Well, it was just Frankie Muniz. I mean, you know, that was the, that was the, the, the piece of her story there. All right, I got you. Hey, look, I'm learning, man. I'm learning. I'm learning the... I'm learning what makes you tick, man. What makes you go? I know you, you don't have a favorite NASCAR driver. I do not. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Devontae Adams. He he drove the the pace car. Didn't he drive the pace car the other day here in uh, in Vegas or in Henderson at the uh, at the South Point? 
Yes, but QR, real quick, growing up in Tennessee, in my eighth grade science class, that was like a project. Watch an entire NASCAR race and basically like talk about like the way the tires are, like the roads affecting the tires and the heat and the gravel. And it was like, hey, man, there's a science behind this. You know who my favorite NASCAR driver is? And I don't know if it's technically NASCAR, but you know who my favorite racer is? Who's that? Jason. Jason is my favorite racer. That Twilight. counts. Yeah, he is. He's a racer. He he races. He always invites me out, and he always says that he's gonna you know give me a ride around the track and everything. So uh, I haven't done it yet, obviously, but I will at some point, and of course I'll document it and see how it goes. But that's my favorite racer right there, Jason. Now, as long as he drives better than he throws a football, we'll be fine. If he if he drives like he throws a football, I'm in trouble. 2.47 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern here in Henderson. Come on by, hang out with us. We're here till 5 o'clock. I'm seeing a lot of previews for the World Series. It gets underway. The Phillies and the Astros, 5.05 is the first pitch. We got all kind of football for you. We got all kind of prizes for you. Good food and drinks at Buffalo Wild Wings at Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I feel like I'm in the club. Except for it's 2.51 in the afternoon. You know, the lights are down, TVs are on, music's pumping. We're hanging out, Buffalo Wild Wings. We hear folks cheering. I like it, man. I like the environment on a Friday night or Friday afternoon. You get Q out in the streets. Yeah, buddy. It's going down. So come on by here, hang out with us. Lots of great drink specials and food specials going on. Some folks coming into the bar and realizing it's time for the weekend. Some folks have been at the bar all day because they're celebrating Nevada Day. So shout out to you. Drink responsibly. We got see. We had to throw that disclaimer in there to make sure we were being responsible. But we want to know from you, Raider Nation. Keys of the game. We do it every Friday. What are the keys of the game? What do the Raiders have to do to go to New Orleans, have an early kickoff, and win the game? Been a lot of good suggestions, a lot of good thoughts on the text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Also want to know who's the player you're going to be talking about, or we're going to be talking about as a group come Monday. Good, bad, December, whatever. Whatever the case may be, who are we going to be talking about? 69187, keyword r Again, 702-365-9200. Got a text from, uh, who is this from? I think, hold on. Raider B, Minneapolis. Make sure you use R&R as the keyword. This one kind of got lost in the shuffle, and I see that we got a couple of uh, Raider B's text uh, lost in the shuffle. He's from Minneapolis. He says, hey, Q&D, I'm thinking we'll be talking about Carr on Monday. He's been pretty solid since Jacobs has been running so well, but he's due for a big game. Three touchdowns and even a couple runs over 10 yards. I like that because I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, DeMond, I don't think Carr's had a big game yet. Like I don't think he's had that one big game, right? There's always a couple in every season where he just has those monster games where you're like, wow, that's, that was pretty impressive, and, and he's up for some kind of uh, you know, NFL award, you know, like the, the, the player of the week type award. I mean, it's always, it always happens a couple – couple times a season he's only had one game over 300 yards passing okay well there you go well maybe uh maybe sunday will be the day when he has that big monster game like raider b uh, believes uh, will be the case and we'll be talking about him come monday uh also got a, a text from zeke and bakersfield <laughs> this one's all about you demon damn first housewives now we'll only watch nascar because of frankie muñez Q, I take back what I said about the three-way calling. Disappointed. That's Zeke and Bakersfield talking directly to you, Damon. Directly. Well, Zeke, you. I am happy to let you down even more in the future because <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Like Zeke and Bakersfield. I don't. Is Bakersfield? Is that a NASCAR hot hub? Like where he's just oh, he's disappointed in me. I mean, there's not a whole lot to do in Bakersfield. No disrespect, but there's not a whole lot to do in Bakersfield. So he probably is pretty deep into NASCAR there, my man. 
I remember driving through Bakersfield. Let's put it like that. I used to have some buddies that lived in Bakersfield. Uh, my man, Big Willie, he was a big radio guy. Uh, big Willie, he was a cool dude. He was from Bakersfield. My guy, Mikey, he was a uh, – like, the, the fact that I know these guys by names and that's all I know from Bakersfield lets you know how many people I know from Bakersfield. Literally, like, on my one hand, I can count how many people I know from Bakersfield. So there you go. Do they strike you as NASCAR fans? Um, I can see – well, I can see my man, Mikey. He used to work with me at Q97 back in the day. And then Big Willie, he was a, more of a hip-hop head. He was like – Big Willie was – Big Willie was the white dude that you knew hung out with all the bros growing up. So he was like he was like the dude. Kind of like Kevin, our engineer Kevin that we have. Mm -hmm. Kevin's got some bro tendencies to him. I told him the other day. He started rolling. Yo, Kev Kevin's a great guy, man. Kevin's cool. Yeah, yeah he's cool on the other side of the pillow. But ain't nothing wrong with having some bro tendencies. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. I uh, got a text from the 707. I, too, think the player that we'll be talking about on Monday will be Abram. Now, I can't say if we'll be discussing him in a good light or a not-so-good one, but for this particular game with Hill on the other side, we'll be discussing Abram one way or the other, I feel. I like that. Good one. And I do. I think, honestly, Raiders win this game, which I do believe they're going to win. They win this game. I think Abram has a pretty good game. I really do. And I think that he makes, you know, she was just talking about, we were just talking to, uh, to Taryn Walk, and she was saying the big Achilles heels for the Saints has been their turnovers. They've turned the ball over so many times. I think they're going to turn the ball over. I think the Raiders are going to take advantage of that and turn them over a couple times. I feel, let's put it like this, put, I feel way more confident that they're going to create a couple turnovers after talking to her. Because it was almost like they can't get out of their way. It might not be Andy Dalton throwing an uh, uh, interception because he really doesn't do that that often. I think that last time out that Thursday night against the Cardinals was kind of a rarity for them. But somebody else is going to put the ball on the ground or somebody else is going to find a way to give the, the, the ball to the Raiders. I do believe. And Jonathan Abram, when you're a big hitter like he is, he might just come up and lay the wood on, on a guy like Taysom Hill or Chris Olave and boom, there goes that ball. This is the kind of game that I think a guy like Jonathan Abram really thrives in because, again, he's, he's going he's gonna to look like a missile out there. He's going to be looking to hit lay that wood because he knows there's a chance that he jars that ball loose. This, this I, I really do believe that with – Everything I love, that this is a game set up and made for Jonathan Abram. One more text, and we'll take a break. Glenn in San Jose said, I think Waller's going to put all the noise to rest and have a breakout game that we've been waiting for. I would love for that to happen. I really would. Good text, Glenn. I would love for that to happen because, and I don't you know, want to start no mess right now, but, man, it is so crazy to me that about a month ago, not even a month ago, well, a little bit, let's see, it's October 28th, so maybe late August, right, we were talking about, how critical Waller is to the offense and how much the Raiders need to re-sign him. And they're going to be crazy to let him go. And now, you know, he has a couple of bad games and he's injured. And everyone's like, get rid of him. He's a bum. He's 31. What are you doing? Like, it's like, man, folks turn on their own so fast. Signed that so contract fast. and got lazy. But did he? Or is that just the, is this that what everyone's saying? No, right. I'm saying that that's just to the narrative. You mentioned no, the trading stuff, but, but no, like, that's also a part of it. It's like, damn, the man can't get can't get hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's against the rules. It is football. It happens. But it's just like, and I know that there were some people. I don't want to put everyone in the same category. There were some people before he signed his contract that said, "Yeah, I think I'd wait. I'd, I'd make him wait. I get it because he still had two years left on his deal." So I know that there was those out there. I know those. There were some that said, "Yeah, hey, I'm not really a big fan of giving an extension to a guy 31 years old. He's injury prone." There are that. There are those people. I will give them that. But man, there were so many that were all about getting him re-signed, including myself, including myself. Get him re-signed, get him his deal, let him go out there and do what he does. He's going to be a key cog to the offense. Has it started off right? No. 
but it hasn't started off right for Hunter Renfro either. Hasn't really started out that great for Derek Carr, right? I mean, really, the person who's been guiding everything has been Josh Jacobs, the one guy who didn't get paid. Two for the ace of time. We'll come back live at Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern right here in Henderson. Come on, hang out with us. Cassie, Joyner, Cassie Soto will join the show next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.